how are we going to eat to help our memory, to help our cognition, and to just feel better. Welcome to Run, Thrive, Survive podcast. I'm your host, Sierra Carter, and here we will untangle the madness of our health by understanding our mind in action. If you are looking for more energy, more productivity, and just an overall happier life, you are right where you need to be. We will balance emotional, mental, and physical health every single day because some days we thrive, some days we just survive. But here on the podcast together, we will run our lives. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Run, Thrive, Survive. We are back here today, and I think this is the first podcast I've really done since the podcast movement. So it's actually really exciting to be here because I've pretty much been on overhaul doing everything to make this podcast as great as it can be. And then when I went to podcast movement... <laughs> Boy, did I realize that there's a lot of things that I need to really work on. Not to mention, I needed to update my website, my Instagram, the cover art, every single little thing. So I'm really excited to be here with you guys. And I'm also going to try something a little bit different today. So while I was at podcast movement, the Laughing Ginger Gingers, which if you haven't, you should totally go check out their podcast. They... I listened to them talk and they had this idea about live to tape. I didn't really know what that was, but anything that's going to make this process of making a podcast easier and more efficient so I can get more content out to you is an awesome idea. So I went there and pretty much the idea of live to tape is whatever I record today is what you're going to hear on the podcast. So if I say, um, ah, have long pauses and just completely screw up my thought process, you get to hear that. I'm not going to be editing it as much. Now, I don't think they edit it and they just literally do live to tape. I'm going to add a few things here and there because there are things that I want to add, like at the very beginning, the intro, things like that, that I will be doing. But for a majority of this, it's going to be live to tape. So I'm really excited to bring that to you guys. Now, on the other hand, I'm by myself today. So you can see me in my new kind of my new studio. I'm working on getting a new studio if you're watching this on YouTube and that is a task in itself, especially when it's just me just doing random things, trying to fix everything at the same time. So you can see me in a new studio. It's because I cleared out my back room. So if you have, want any furniture, I've got plenty. Go find me on Facebook Marketplace. I can hopefully get it to you somehow if you're in the Florida area. I'd love to get rid of my dressers and my side tables. That would be awesome. Get it out of my hallway when you walk in the door. I have a small condo. It is not a big house. So if you put a dresser in the middle of the hallway from the door entrance, it's like I'm trying to block everybody out, but sometimes that's not always a bad thing. So just food for thought, everything is being revamped here on the podcast, especially that intro. If you want to leave me a message, I also, if you if you listen to, the, to Monday's podcast, so it would be the podcast before this one, if you listen to Monday's podcast, you heard about something called Pod Inbox. It's pretty much like email inbox, but Pod Inbox. 
go leave me a message on pod inbox. You can head over to my website at runthrivesurvive.com and you can leave me a voice message. And that is so incredibly cool. And I can respond to you in a voice message and just give me ideas. Maybe you want to hear something different. Maybe you want to discuss something. Maybe you want to hear something discussed. Go leave it at my pod inbox on that you'll find on my website when you go to runthrivesurvive.com. All you have to do is scroll down a little bit and it literally says, leave me a message. I revamped my website. So please use it because I think I did an awesome job for someone that did it myself. And I sat there and I slaved over it. So try it. Just go look at it. Anyways, like I said, I am by myself today, so I do not have anybody talking to or we're going to be interviewing. It's literally just me and you talking. And with that being said, I want to talk about something that I've actually been talking a lot about to people. And it's something that I'm very passionate about and something I learned kind of the hard way, even though I didn't know the basics. But once I started realizing the the general idea I took off with it. And that's pretty much how are we going to eat to help our memory, to help our cognition, and to just feel better. And I've really got just three foods, and it's not even like three foods, like, you know, broccoli, salmon, or whatnot. It's three generic ideas that's going to help you be the best that you can be. So you're not going to feel foggy during the day. You're not going to feel gross. You're going to have a better memory. And your cognition throughout life, if you keep this up, is not according to these studies, going to decline as fast as it would if you eat something differently. So I really just want to talk about these three quick tips on how you should eat to help you improve your mental cognition, because it's so important, especially in today's age where we see a lot of people developing Alzheimer's. We see a lot of memory problems and it's It's one of those things where it's heartbreaking to watch somebody else go through it and you don't want somebody to watch you go through it. So you want to take care of yourself now so you're healthy later down the road. So that is today's topic. But really quick, please, like I said before, share this with your friends. I I haven't been posting a lot of episodes, but... I'm going to start doing two week, two a week. One's going to come out on Tuesday. The other's going to come out on Friday, just in time for everybody's long run if you're a runner. Or for the weekend, if you've got a beach plans, going hiking, wherever you are, it's going to come out just in time. So share it with your friends, share it with five friends, and then tag me on social media that you are listening to this because I would love to give you guys a shout out. Anyways, with that information, let's go ahead and get into, di- to di- eh, into today's topic. Just like that, I'm not going to edit that out. So, so like I said, I hear a lot of people saying, I can't remember this. I can't remember that. And a lot of us can't, for some reason, understand why we can't remember a lot of things. I hear a lot of my friends say they can't remember something. And that's concerning because we're in our 20s. And for me, this happened a lot in high school. If you don't know a lot of my backstory, I was severely anemic in high school. And I'll talk about that someday in another episode. But I was severely anemic in high school. And when you're severely anemic and you're not eating correctly in general, your memory is close to none. So I can barely remember my junior year of high school because I was so sick. But I also realized, you know what? That's a good learning curve, right? That That's something I learned the hard way. 
And the more I looked into it, especially after being anemic, I realized that foods are literally a superpower to help us remember things, to help us think, and to help us feel better. For a lot of people, for a lot of high schoolers, for a lot of college students, and a lot of people that are working that nine to five office desk job, everybody always gets very foggy, very mentally foggy in the afternoon, or maybe even mentally foggy in the morning. Some people cannot function without coffee, and some people cannot think without coffee. If you are one of those, you may find some answers in today's podcast. Now, I'm not going to go and crap on caffeine because I actually think caffeine does bring people out or bring superpowers to people as well. I've had days where I need caffeine and I literally felt like I was flying around the world because it really helped. But I'm just saying in general, there are times where it's something that we ate. So let's start with like the first general idea that a lot of studies have shown that's going to help our mental cognition. And that is high versus low glycemic foods. If you have not heard of what a glycemic index is, the glycemic index is pretty much a number given to a food that represents the relative rise in the blood glucose that's going to happen hours after eating it. So if something has a very high glu- high glycemic index, it's going to spike your glucose, which is pretty much your sugar level levels, and give you that burst of energy that you're going to fall from. And if it has a very low glycemic index, it usually means it's releasing energy over time, but you're not going to see that spike in your blood sugar right away. It's more of a steady rise and a steady fall. So what studies have shown is people that do have eat more high glycemic food versus low glycemic food, they actually have a harder time with their cognition. So any foods that are rich in sugar, it's usually associated with a difficulty in concentration and attention. Foods that are rich in sugar usually have a high glycemic index because you're going to hear it's going to burn, it's going to really skyrocket that glucose. So you get that spike. A lot of people eat candy in the afternoon. For example, if you're eating that Milky Way, all of a sudden you get this sugar rush, which is pretty much a high glycemic index and you feel great, but you're not performing like you should. So a lot of diets are high in refined sugars. Pretty much think over almost anything in the American diet. People literally drink this seven up Coke. What was it? Those giant seven up Cokes. I don't know how people drink those. I've never been a carbonation person, but sometimes they actually gross me out. And this can be very harmful on the brain. Why? Because sugar promotes inflammation and oxidative stress. Now, if you don't know what oxidative stress is, it's pretty much stress caused by air. Oxidation, the process of breathing, anything with air, it's pretty much being exposed to the environment and to the world. It creates stress on your body. Now we're constantly battling oxidative stress, but sugar really increases the oxidative stress problems on our brain and on our body. And the study showed that it can impair brain function and worsen the symptoms of mood disorders. Specifically in this study, they mentioned depression. Now, you know me, I am all about trying to be healthier in ways that we can help fight anxiety, depression, and really control how we have our relationship with food along with running. And this kind of falls right into my path here because you shouldn't be depressed because of the foods that you're eating. There are very real problems with depression, but when I can see that there's 
issues with depression and loneliness and anxiety that can be just fixed with food, this is where I want to niche in because you shouldn't be depressed over what you eat. And a lot of people, we see it all the time. Women, if we break up with somebody, if somebody breaks up with us, what do we do? We go out and eat chocolate. What does that do? It worsens. It worsens our brain function and really impairs our mood. It could cause more sad feelings. So instead of eating that chocolate cake, maybe we should go out and have some carrots. I'm not sure. But it's just one of those things where sugar's actually not that great for your mood and it's not that great for your brain. So the other studies have shown that the low glycemic foods, here, think vegetables, carrots, broccoli, the boring foods that nobody wants to eat. Those studies shows that these foods reduce oxidative stress and they allow the brain to function normally. And then in addition, it improves your attention, improves your memory, and improves your functional capacity. Now, anybody listening to this with kids, this is where I wish somebody would have told me this in high school. Because in high school, we always have trouble listening to the professor, the teacher all the time, right? Memory is so important in high school because it's pretty much memory, memorizing everything just to get through the test. And functional capacity is just having the ability to think and think for oneself. This is so important in high school. It's important in the workplace, but if you're not going to take this for yourself, take it for your kids. Know that at lunch, when they're having that pizza and they're having that high glycemic, um, food, because starches and the breads and stuff on that pizza, you're spiking up that glucose and you're impairing your child's brain function. Now, of course, we're never going to see the schools change this because pizza and all the junk food is cheap. Broccoli, vegetables, good food like that is not cheap. So they usually don't have it very apparent, very available for anybody else. But if you're sending your kids to school with lunches, think low glycemic index foods. It's going to help improve their memory, their brain function, and also help them just pay better attention in school. Now you can't always control everything they eat, but this is a good place to start. Now, number two, number two takeaway today I want you to have is neurotransmitters are important. And there's so many neurotransmitters and we could talk about them all day long, but I'm going to focus on one and that is serotonin. We've all heard what serotonin is, right? So what serotonin really does is its job is to regulate sleep and appetite, mediate the moods, and inhibit pain. If you have low serotonin, which is what usually happens when your brain function is impaired, all of the above that I just mentioned is going to be the opposite. So you're most likely going to have trouble sleeping, Your appetite's going to be crazy, especially when you're eating bad foods. You're hungrier more often because you're not being filled up as well. Mediate your moods. You're going to have emotional problems. That actually sounds really bad. Maybe I shouldn't say emotional problems, but you're going to have issues regulating your mood. You may be feeling more depressed, more anxious more often, and inhibiting pain. A lot of people, when we're inflamed, and we see this all the time, when we're walking around like balls of inflammation from sugar, from everything that's going on in our lives, people are in pain. Joints ache, bones ache, people ache, everything aches, and it's miserable. And what does that do? It makes you even more upset, so then your mood is even worse. So start thinking about this. Low serotonin levels can be a huge problem with this, but 
What does that mean? Well, so low serotonin is not something that we can just eat, but it's something that we can eat for to help us. So serotonin is actually released in the gastrointestinal tract. Some of us have heard a lot of information coming out with how our gut bacteria and our gut health actually is linked to our moods. This is super important. If you are not taking care of your gut bacteria, if you are eating these high sugar food, these overprocessed foods, the gut bacteria in your stomach, it you don't give it a chance to revive itself. You don't get it a, give it a chance to survive and your gut becomes super unhealthy. So to get our serotonin, serotonin levels up, we need to take care of our gut health. Now, so to take care of our gut health, the biggest thing and most important thing to focus on here is trying to eat unprocessed foods. When these foods are unprocessed, again, we're going back to vegetables. We're going back to fruits. We're going back to anything that the factories didn't have to mash up and reform to get to the store. I mean, even today, some of the fruits and vegetables aren't even that great, but you'll see this a lot with kombucha. It's fermented, I think, or is it unfermented? I'm not sure, but but yogurt, kombucha, and those types of foods are really good for your gut bacteria. And when your gut bacteria, you, it acts as a probiotic with these fermented foods. And with that, it really helps the good bacteria in your stomach activate serotonin to get to the rest of your body. So you pretty much want to take care of your gut bacteria. And then that in the, in the nice chain reaction there, it's going to take care of your serotonin levels by releasing it into the body. So when it comes to low serotonin, it's nothing that you can do directly. You can't take a pill. This might be the hardest for some people to understand because we're all such a pill society where let me take a pill and I'll feel better. It's not, it's not with this one. You really have to take care of your gut bacteria. And in, in relation to that, your body will take care of your serotonin and neurotransmitter levels. So that is why that is so important. Now, number three, the type of fat that you intake is also just as important. I know we hear the word fat, fat, bad, fat, bad, fat, not good. I know we've already made that mental connection with fat, but that's not always the case. Some fat is good. Remember, if we go back to the three like macronutrients, the um, proteins, carbs, and fats, you need a balance of all of them. Now, when I say balance, I'm not saying, you know, 30% protein, 30% fat, and 30% carbs. I'm not saying an even balance. I'm talking about a healthy balance for your body, which means you need some fats, but it doesn't have to be everything. You need some carbs, but it doesn't have to be the majority of your diet. And you need some proteins. Again, it doesn't have to be the majority of your diet. More protein is always a little bit better than too many carbs or too much fat, but it doesn't have to be restricted out. I hate when we say we have to restrict everything. So, so a lot of studies have shown, and a note on these studies, if you are interested in a lot of these studies, I will have all the links to the studies in the show notes so you can go read them yourselves. A lot of them are um, peer-reviewed or just 
I can't think of what that word is. You know, the studies that they do and they tell you how they do it and they show you the results. And a lot of these are longitudinal studies um, where they're trying to get longer studies, but they're pretty accurate and they feel pretty good about them because a lot of studies have shown these different things. But what some of the studies have shown is high saturated fat intake has been related to cognitive deterioration. High saturated fat. This can be in anything. A lot of meats. It's in meats and butter is the main ones that were uh, talked about in the studies where this study show a study over five years of, hold on, let me rewind. So in this study for the saturated fats, over five years, it there was a group of women and they tested their cognitive ability and it showed that over this five years, the group with the high saturated fat um, intake had sig- significant decrease in cognitive and verbal memory. And the monosaturated fat intake for the gr- other group of women showed an improved, but Proved amount of memory. But in this study for that monosaturated fat, the intake for that group or that group of women, they didn't think that this was enough to report to say that, oh yes, this makes a significant increase in your cognitive ability. But then there was another study and this study was by the Brigham and Women's Hospital out in Boston. And it showed that those who consumed more monosaturated fats think, Olive oil, healthy fats, maybe avocados scored better on cognitive function tests over time. This is huge. I want to pinpoint how they said olive oil. A lot of us are hearing olive oil is good for you. So is avocado. So are these are healthy fats. So is things like peanut butter and just the healthy fats and the nuts and stuff like that. We don't think that fat is in those because we just don't think about it. But those foods are a lot higher in fats than we think. But these are the healthy fats. These are the ones that we want to feed our body. What are the ones that we don't want to overdo it? I'm not saying take out because, again, I don't believe in restricting a diet. But I do believe in just cleaning it up a little bit. A lot of red meat fats. Now, I eat red meat. I love red meat. I don't think I'm ever going to stop eating red meat. But I never eat the fat on the red meat. Like you will see me leave half of the steak because I cut out the fat. I will not eat that. Is it still really good for me, the meat itself? Probably not. I'm still getting some of the fat that's seeped into the red meat. But I don't personally like to eat the fat that is on the meat. So that's just one way that I kind of stir away from the fat on the red meat. And it might help. I'm not sure. That's something that maybe somebody would have to study. And butter. Butter is not the best for you, even though it makes everything taste like wonderful. I try to reduce my intake on butter, but you know, sometimes you just can't get around it. I would not switch to margarine and all those other things though, because there are, are a lot of the studies that show that those are just as bad or if not worse than butter because it's synthetic and it's just not good for you. So those are just a few takeaways. So just to recap of the day, if you want to feel better, if you want to improve your memory, start with eating low glycemic index foods versus the high glycemic foods. And really focus on your gut bacteria to get the good bacteria for to help the serotonin levels. Because you want high serotonin levels, you don't want low serotonin levels for those neurotransmitters in your body. And finally, you want the type of fat 
that is going to help you. And this is monosaturated fat and it is found in avocados. It is found in olive oil and probably also nuts and cashews and things like that. That's the fat you want to intake. You don't want to intake a lot of the red meat fat or the buttery fat because that's just not going to help your mental cognition. Why is this important, you guys? Because in the long term, yes, you're like, I'm fine now. But in the long term, you really want your body, your mind, and your brain to just stay healthy, happy, and positive. And to do that, we just have to be a little bit more mindful about what we put into our bodies. So my takeaway, my my challenge to you is, of course, I'm a behavior person. When we talk about behavior, we there's two parts to behavior. You're either avoiding something or you're trying to gain something. While you're eating this week, don't restrict yourself. Don't even try to take out foods and just start everything now. While you're doing everything this week, start noticing how you feel when you eat certain foods. If you have a steak and potatoes and these just high glycemic foods this week, think about how you feel. Do you feel groggy after you eat it? Do you feel like you're a couch potato? Or if you have a salad with lots of vegetables and just awesome food, how do you feel with that? Try journaling it down, trying to see and how you feel and the thoughts that you have as well. Because the thoughts, your mood, are you positive afterwards? Are you negative? Do you feel like helpless? Do you feel hopeful? Like, how do you feel? And also write down the energy levels that you have. You know, like, are you tired? Are you ready to take a nap or are you ready to take on the world? Those are kind of the key things you want to look out for your mood, your thoughts, and your energy. So as you go through this week, try to see if you're avoiding eating certain foods. Are you avoiding doing something? And how do those foods make you feel? Whatever works for you is honestly the best that the best way it could be. There's not one equation that I'm going to tell you, Hey, this is how you should eat. No, I'm not even a fan of meal plans because I do believe it takes a little bit different for every single person. And I'm not going to know how the things make you feel. And you're not going to know how things make me feel. So just experiment with yourself this week, really find what works for you. So you can be the best you that you can be, because the more that you realize that makes you feel good, the more you're going to do it. And the more you didn't even have to restrict yourself because you just went off about how you felt. So it's not about restricting. It's about adding foods for you and your mental health. So if you guys enjoyed today's podcast, please head over to my Instagram at the runpreneur and like and subscribe there and at run thrive survive at tiktok facebook just about anywhere else and you can also head over to my website at or at the or now i'm really messing up runthrivesurvive.com and you can join the email list with that email list you're going to get monthly updates about things that are coming out about events going on and anything that you can participate in and of course i'm going to have lots of fun information in there for your mental and or mental emotional and physical health because that's what i'm here for you guys so if you enjoyed it, if you enjoyed it send it to five friends have them sign up with you and we'll all become happier people one person at a time. So that's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you here for listening. I will see you back here again next Tuesday because I changed the dates coming out. And until then, you guys get out there and run your lives before life runs you. Bye guys.